Blog Talk Radio. Keep your eyes. I won't. I won't. I actually won't. Hello, everybody, and welcome to RU Instant Reaction Review. I am RUScreening.com's own Mark Eastman, and with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And today we're going to be doing Skyfall, and uh, hopefully, especially since uh, I think we're, we're fairly heavily featured on Blog Talk Radio, cool. uh, Frank DeCaro will be joining us, <clears throat> and um, he's mainly going to be talking to us to talk about his dead celebrity cookbook. Because I feel like that sort of ties in. And um, if you don't know Frank DeCaro, uh, I hope you do, actually. He was uh, the movie critic on The Daily Show for like seven years. Yeah. He has his own radio show now that's on uh, Sirius XM. He was host of a uh, a show on Game Show Network, yeah. I've Got a Secret. Yeah. So anyway, he should be calling in. That's the story we're sticking with. His, we'll see. Hopefully. His, his people tell me he will be right. calling in. Anyway, um, but today we're doing Skyfall, and actually, I don't have a lot of, of stuff to cover. <laughs> what are you doing, Felix? <laughs> this, is, this is big random hair on the microphone, and I was about to blow on it, right. but I knew I would blow your eardrums out, so I had to refrain from that. Yeah, great. That's the smart I am today. Um, we have some things we could talk about. There's a contest. And I don't really want to get into it because, you know, let's pretend that at any moment he might call in and we won't just be babbling <laughs> right. about stuff. Um, we'll, you know, we'll cover other stuff like that. But we, I, I am about to, like, out, I guess, put out a, a big redesign on the site. So that's kind of... Oh, cool. That's kind of taking up all my time right now anyway. So we won't bother with any of, the, all my notes any of the other stuff. Oh, yeah. You need, exactly. more, you need more MySpace glitter and that's right. music you can't turn off or on. That's right. That's right. I'm hoping to well, have, if you want to check so out, I'm hoping to have some dancing elves <laughs> right. on the. If you want to, if you want to check out more about the contest that you know we're throwing around, uh, go listen to the Wreck It Ralph podcast. And that's right. That's and a and way to get them to listen it to is, more shows. It's connected to the post for the Wreck It Ralph right. uh, podcast, which finally got up. I started getting emails, so I thought that was a good sign. I had a couple people ask then, me like, why aren't then stuff after on then after it got up, did anybody write reviews? No. Yeah, of course not. Okay, so now, theoretically, we have a caller here. Hello? Hello, Frank? Hey, it's Frank, yes. Oh, great. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. I missed <laughs> what you, you were talking about, though. I feel like I, I called too late now, and there was something juicy going on, and, and now not. No, I mean, yeah, I, no, because I know my story. You know, I mean, I don't. Need, I know what I'm going to say, and what you'll, you know, I mean, that's like it's like what you were talking about. I missed, though. I feel bad. No, yeah, we, we don't have a lot of juicy, so that's okay. <laughs> I would have that looked at. No, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, so so nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet nice you. Nice to meet you. Welcome to the show. Thanks Thank a lot you. for being here. I'm happy to be here. I'm out flogging this the little book that could. So I'm I'm uh, I'm excited about it. Right. So um, I guess you, you really need to tell us about this book. Did they send you a copy or are they, they cheaping out on you? Uh, they they kind of cheapened out on me. Oh, not even coal in your stocking. I feel terrible. All right. What I've done, this is my second Dead Celebrity Cookbook. So last year I did, I did this big volume called The Dead Celebrity Cookbook, and it had 145 recipes from celebrities that I loved who were no longer with us. I did not have anything to do with their demise. Uh, but I did, uh, but I did have a lot to do with loving them and wanting them to be remembered. Well, now I've turned around and done a, a new book called *The Dead Celebrity Cookbook* presents Christmas in Tinseltown, and so it's it's a celebration of all the holiday programming, and uh, from from the Star Wars holiday special to *It's a Wonderful yeah. Life*. Uh, so from the 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 ridiculous to the classic and uh, um you know and everything in between and uh, the celebrities who made those uh, shows and were featured on them and in those movies and who had the best christmas songs ever that sort of thing and um and they're all combined in this new book called Christmas in Tinseltown and it's a way to give a christmas dinner party uh with uh, recipes that uh, came from celebrities who are no longer with us so. so so you have, like, the Star Wars Christmas special, and you have a recipe that's tied to that? I have three of them, actually, yeah, because 
when you have you ever seen the Star Wars Holiday Special? Yeah, I, I own it. Oh I yeah, so it. do I. I've, no, we not. No, we neither of us own it. Let's be honest here. No, we don't own it. We've never seen. It. Right. We've right. only someone lent it to us, but they're dead now. And we don't know how to find them. So they're okay. right. Right. We don't yeah. have. Co- we do not have copies. George Lucas. Okay. Or Disney now. I guess we don't have copies of it. Anyway, but if we did, we would admit that it was that it's unbearable. Um, the, yeah. And yet There's we love like it. Nothing like seeing B. Arthur sing. I know. Well, she's one of the recipes that's in the book. But I watched <laughs> that special, and, and it's one thing. Well, I don't know what's weirder. Is it weirder that the actual cast of Star Wars is involved in it, or is it weirder that people that have no business being on it are on it? You know, that's right. what I couldn't decide. But the, thank heaven the Star Wars cast is still with us, but uh, most of them anyway. But right. I I have a recipe from B. Arthur because she sang in the the cantina. You know, she was a barkeep in the cantina where the cantina band played. That, of course, she was Maud and and Dorothy's Bornax and the Golden Girls. Of course, she'd be on Tatooine, you know, right. tending bar. So I've got a story or a recipe rather, and, a, and an essay about her in there. And uh, I've got uh, a thing from Art Carney, who was on the Honeymooners. Mm-hmm. You know, he was on that special. God knows why. And uh, Harvey Corman from the Carol Burnett Show. He was on there playing a bunch of different parts, including a cooking show host. It was seemed appropriate, so I've got a recipe from him in there, and and then Alec Guinness. Even though technically, he's not he's not besmirched by being in the special because it was only footage of him. It wasn't <laughs> right. he didn't actually appear, right. but footage of him appeared. So he he can't really be you know maligned for being part of the special. But it is truly the the biggest debacle that was ever on television. Um, and has been there have been books out that have actually called it that. They said it's kind of the the most misspent two hours of television ever. But uh, well, it is. Uh, I, although I, it, it's kind of awesome in its past. right, exactly. It, it's That's, gone past bad. It was like trauma films before trauma really hit big. Right. Exactly. Well, that was why I thought it needed a place alongside like It's a Wonderful Life and White Christmas and uh, you know I thought yeah it kind of needs to be in there and I thought that Pee Wee's Playhouse Christmas special mm-hmm. needed to be in there. Yeah. So uh, and thank heaven one one person who was a star on there is is gone, and uh, is Dinah Shore. And uh, they did so many jokes about fruitcake that I found her fruitcake recipe and included that in there. So That's awesome. you can build a wing onto your playhouse with uh, with genuine <laughs> Dinah Shore uh, um, uh, fruitcake. So. But uh, it's no, it's it's kind of crazy. I mean, there's there's, I mean, John Lennon's hot cocoa is in there, and uh, Eartha Kitt's crocked rabbit, and uh, for I figured anyone who sang Santa Baby needed to be in there. Right. So it's music people, it's movie people, it's TV people, and uh, and all tied to the best holiday entertainment uh, that I know of. Even even that ridiculous um, uh, Burl Ives, uh, you know, the guy I love Burl Ives, but I mean, he played, you know, the, the narrator Snowman for for. Uh, right. Yeah, that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. He's got a recipe in there for a uh, uh, leg of of goat Hawaiian style. So, um, which <laughs> I have a craving for right now. Actually, I may right. see if I can run home and whip that up. <laughs> so um, now I have to ask you. You know, if people know who you are from your radio show, from being on the Daily Show, things like that. I don't think a lot of people are going. Obviously, this is the you know crazy dead people cookbook person what where did this all where, how did it start how did i decide to come up with this idea i have years and years ago i when i was in college i went to a dead celebrity party and everybody had a dress as dead celebrities and yeah. and the one thing we didn't have was the food and that kind of planted a seed and because i'm a, a i love to thrift and junk and flea market and swap meat and all that stuff i love to look at all that crap and i go on ebay all the time and i started collecting anything that had a celebrity recipe in it. And then um, somehow my wires, I guess, got crossed and it dawned on me that what we really needed was a dead celebrity cookbook. And uh, and that's how it started. So, But I have everything. I have microwave oven manuals from the 70s. I have uh, things that were handed out in the meat department of the Farmer Jack in Detroit, you know, in 1968, you know, things with with celebrity recipes in them. That's how I got Lily Munster's recipe was from a, a Farmer Jack brochure. So, uh, yeah. You need, and I was excited. A friend of mine said, you're going to 
plots when you see these. And and it was right. He shoved him in a in a note, and I got this. It was actually a Christmas card, and it was like I opened it up, and he's like, "You're gonna like your present." And inside were these flyers from uh, the '60s uh, with Lily Munster and oh. some other people. And I was beside myself. I was like. <laughs> Now I can bring her, uh, uh, you know, her recipe was in the first volume. It was called Exotic Chicken Ecstasy. So anyway, doesn't that sound like it should be a controlled substance? You know? It does. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's bad yeah. for your spinal fluid, man, but a chicken's great. You know, you'll, you'll want to hug a chicken, you know. But yeah, it's like Exotic Chicken Ecstasy. It's it's weird. So. Do you do you have in the book, like, the uh, pictures of these things where you got the recipes and stuff like that or stories about it and everything? I've, yeah, I've written... Well, the, I, what I've done is I've written sort of love letters to all each of the performer and why I like them and why I think they're important. And I've done essays about the actual... Uh, properties. You know, I wrote about the Star Wars holiday special. I wrote about Pee Wee's Christmas special. I wrote about uh, the movies that I've mentioned and and why I like uh, certain Christmas songs. And, you know, and so there are little essays about uh, various Christmas entertainments. And then within those, there are love letters to each of the performers who are departed from those properties, you know. And then uh, uh, there's yummy recipes to go along with it. So you can uh, sort of cook your way into a, a stay-at-home evening uh, with a Blu-ray player. And, uh, you know, it's I mean, it's fun to watch. It's a wonderful life. But it's really better if you're, you know, making, you know, a, uh, a you know a Jimmy Stewart recipe to eat while you're watching it. You know? Right, right. Something like that. So, uh, and it's all in there. White Christmas. And, but I think it's kind of, you know, you could watch, you know, any of Natalie Wood's movies and, and still make her you right. know, her dish. It doesn't need to be this you know, the Miracle on thirty fourth Street. They're not but really it's kind of a themed nice, right to this. No, show. it doesn't have to be right. a Christmas thing. Some of them are very Christmassy recipes. Including the old uh the old bat who played Santa Claus in Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, Edmund Gwen. Right. And uh, he's got a Christmas cup in there that you just read the recipe and you're like, you know, this is good, but with a half a bottle of rum in it, it would really taste like something. <laughs> so I kind of suggest ways to, you know, that one should spike his, uh, you know, his recipe. Right. But, now, uh, um, on your website, uh, it says deliciously bad recipes. Are are they bad? Or? Some people think they are. Yes. I think some some are and some are not. You know, I mean, <laughs> is that coy enough with you? Or what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some are very, some are a little spooky, but some of them are spooky and delicious all at the same time. I, there was one that that uh, from the first book, from the Dead Celebrity Cookbook, that was um, uh, from Ozzy and Harriet in the fifties. They were like the TV family, and so it's their. Uh, it was Harriet Nelson's favorite chicken, and um, it's it's you get some rice, just plain rice, and some chicken breasts. And then you get a can of cream of mushroom soup and a can of cream of chicken soup and a can of cream of celery soup. And you mix it all together. And uh, and then you think, well, what does this need? And you think, you know, butter and cream would be good. And you put that in with it. And then you bake it for like an hour. And you come back and the rice is cooked and the chicken is perfectly done. And then you eat it and then you get a defibrillator. And, and you know, <laughs> but it's really good. You know, I mean, it's it's your, it's not heart healthy. You know, they, they will not. The American Heart Association did not put a little heart shape stamp on it however it's pretty delicious especially when it's cold so uh and the christmas book i mean you really could do a christmas dinner based on uh you know on on these recipes and put together and there are a couple of menus in the book that suggest just how to do that there's also um kind of things like i mean certain movies like it's a wonderful life was not it's me isn't a christmas movie it's a christmas is coming movie you know so it's like you watch that about now you know between now and thanksgiving weekend you know you should watch it's a wonderful life and then you figure all right oh that's good and then you start watching other stuff so you could totally you know have various evenings a tree trimming evening and you watch that movie and you trim the tree and then there's even a recipe in there for uh, uh norman rockwell had a cookie recipe that he was known for and you could make his oatmeal cookies and then take your tree down uh, after you know about January sixth, so right. I've I've got a little plan for that in there as well, and uh, um, there's some New Year's Eve things. Uh, there's a, a Dick Clark recipe and a Guy Lombardo recipe to see whether you should be a Rock and Eve kind of guy or a uh, you know or a Royal Royal what was his name the Royal Canadians I guess was his uh, his his band, uh, but um, so it's fun and, and it's just you know, they're love letters to uh, those folks and stuff so. Right. It actually sounds, it, it sounds incredible. Really, really, cool. really. Yeah. 
Are, are you at the point now after the first book and now you have the second book? Are you like buried in recipes from celebrities <laughs> now? Does everybody? I just keep them digging them up. I do. No. Um, yeah. I know. I yeah. I'm, I am. I'm, I'm buried in them. I have tons of them, and I would love to get more of them out there. I hope to to keep going. I, I'm putting together in my mind at least. We'll see what the publisher has to say, but uh, I'd love to do an Italians only one for uh, since I grew up in an Italian household, you know, Italian American household, but. But uh, I think it would really be a hoot and a half to do a bunch of dead Italians, you know. That would be cool. Yeah. So that that if I have my way, that'll be the next uh, thing that I'm working on. So. Sounds good. But it's fun, and I mean, it really, you know, when you you work, you know, various parts of your life, you know, you're saying about being on the Daily Show as the movie critic, and and doing my radio show on Sirius XM, and I'd been a journalist at the New York Times and other places before that, and you know, it's kind of you. you sort of put it all together in your life and you, you you know this is kind of the culmination of all my wacky interests you know my love for food my love for pop culture my sense of humor my love of of old movies and old television so it's kind of throw it all together and you end up with uh christmas in tinseltown the dead celebrity cookbook so <laughs> but, uh, but i like the grim reaper now the grim reaper gourmet i think it should be my new nickname but uh, right <laughs> Uh, are, are, what about like a live celebrity cookbook? Is oh, okay. well, who the hell cares about that? I don't. Other, anybody <laughs> right. can do that. You know, I've got to. I got to come up with the. You know, these these old bats. See, I think it's fun. Like in the first book, in Dead Celebrity Cookbook, I did uh, uh, a Sunset Boulevard pool party because you know, like he's dead right. at the beginning of the movie. So I thought that's kind of funny. So you give a little pool party and you watch that, and then you you make uh, you know a recipe. There's a soup recipe from. Uh, uh, you know, that uh, is perfect for Norma Desmond, you know, and uh, for Gloria Swanson. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, there's even a, a strudel recipe from Eric von Stroheim, you know. So it's, uh, you know, not every co- – I'd rather have a cookbook with an Eric von Stroheim recipe in it, I think, than uh, something uh, with a recipe with, uh, um, you know, Kathy Lee Gifford's uh, uh, right. sweet right. rolls or something. Right. So. Yeah. Much more excited about Eric von Stroheim. I'm not to slag her. I'm sure she's lovely, and I'd love to be on a program if she has one. But you know, <laughs> if, she ever, if she ever gets one, I'd love to be on it again. It's but good uh, you, say you know, that. she's it, a big listener. Yeah. So I would. Sorry, I love you. Yeah, Tina. She's, she's our biggest fan. <laughs> but um, you know, I so, just I just think it's a lot more fun. Uh, you know, doing something that's a little yeah, bit wacky. Right. Putting the nostalgia into it. Yeah. And everything, yeah. Although actually, Plus, I did an interview earlier today, and the guy was like, "If you like it, weird." And I was like, "Not really that weird." <laughs> You know, it's just, it's really a love of all these great classic properties. It's kind of, you know, it's a cross between Turner Classic Movies and, and uh, the Food Network. You know, it's it's right. kind of uh, the yeah. meeting uh, of the two. So Right. Well, well and plus you get to save on Stroheim all the time, and that's I know that's done over and over again. <laughs> it's And how many, Such how a many people, uh, when's the last, if somebody said to you, I mean, you know, some babelicious broad said, I'm going to make you Eric von Stroheim strudel, and you're going to love it. Wouldn't <laughs> right. you go to her house immediately? You'd be sound wonderful, right? You'd be, I'll be over, you know. Right. Somebody said, I'm making Kathy Lee Gifford sweet rolls. You'd be like, oh, I'm busy that night. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Good point. You don't get a von Stroheim from just anyone, you know. Yeah. Which now sounds dirty. Why do I, everything I say sounds dirty? I don't know. That's I got the best von Stroheim of my life last night. Doesn't it sound filthy? I, I'm just I'm so used to young Frankenstein's <laughs> love looter that all I hear now are horses being so. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to take off now in a it couple in a von couple Stroheim. weeks. It's going to be yeah. yeah. Everybody's going to be saying it. <laughs> all the all the cancer. It's terrible what's going on in high schools these days. People giving von Stroheim to each other. It's right. terrible. Wait. Yeah, it sounds dirty. <laughs> this show has reach, I'm telling you. <laughs> next, uh, the next time you see a Republican on TV, you'll be talking about the Vaughn's <laughs> Hey, these things have to start somewhere, and then they get traced back. So it, we're, well, uh, I hope I get credit for it, but it'll never – someone else will. <laughs> right. John Stewart will get the credit for it. <laughs> so, uh, Frank, have you seen Skyfall? No, I was in Hawaii till yesterday, and I didn't didn't spend any time in the dark except sleeping. But I'm dying to see. I did go to Wreck It Ralph the day it opened, so I get points for that. But I didn't. Uh, yeah. But I didn't get to Skyfall yet. And uh, but I, I um uh, as you you've seen the Daily Show stuff, so you may know that my proclivities lend themselves more toward uh, uh, the James Bond than Pussy Galore. Okay, right. right. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I'm quite fond of of him. I, I like, uh, you know, our. our well, you buddy won't there. be disappointed in Skyfall uh, with, you know, too much pussy galore in it. There, <laughs> yeah. there's 
not a lot of screen time for women, oddly enough. Perfect. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> you don't kind of expect yeah. that. This will be an interesting contention as as we go on with this, but I disagree. I think I think there's a ton. So there's a ton. There's a ton. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Are they okay. in it at all? Yes, too much. No. <laughs> Frank DiCaro, formerly of the Daily Show, says too much. No. No, I, I um no, I, I I'm I like him a lot, so I think it'll it'll uh, you know yeah I'm dying to see it. So cool. But but I you know it's either this is my problem. It's either the first night when I go to the movie. It's either the day it op- It's either screening the day it opens or. Uh, I don't go until they say it leaves. Leaving Friday, you know. Right. So right, I was right. like the last person to see uh, The Dark Knight Rises, you know. But right. uh, it's amazing how much information I can I can not know, you know, because I went in there I didn't know anything about it, and I was like, I know, no, don't read anything about it, don't. You'll find, you know. Right. I, was, I really hit. Oh, I, know. I saw I, Hitchcock. I last wish night, I so. could do that. Yeah. yeah. I wish I had the ability to do that. Actually, yeah. be able so, to go into something like The Dark Knight Rises and just be like, oh, it's Batman. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I was very much like, okay, just I don't want to know any plot stuff. I, I don't tell me anything. I just know who's in it. I've seen a few pictures. That's it, you know. So, but I was going to say I saw Hitchcock last night with uh, with uh, Helen oh. Mirren and um, Anthony Hopkins, and uh, and it was it's good. Uh, did you say? Have you seen a screening yet? It's it's interesting. I, I haven't. And I haven't. I, I have heard it's good. Though. Yeah. I know a couple people who have already told me that it, they were kind of surprised actually that I don't know they didn't expect it to be that good. Well, I had seen the one on HBO, the, the girl, you know, about uh, about Tippi Hedren, and then this one focuses more on the years before that. This is really about the, during the making of Psycho, but uh, it's it's they're very similar. It's interesting. They're sort of companion pieces in a way. But uh, this one, I don't know. I like this one a lot more than I like the HBO movie. I thought this one was pretty groovy, and and even though uh, Anthony Hopkins doesn't, you know, he he conjures up Hitchcock in a way that. Uh, is pretty great, even if he doesn't really look like him. You know, I mean, he sort of looks like the idea of Hitchcock, or right. you know, the silhouette yeah. of Hitchcock. But it's not uh, facially; he doesn't really look like Hitchcock. But uh, but the movie was really good, and Helen Mirren is like, you know, I mean, she's just that's the sexiest woman on the planet. I'm sorry, I know she's an old bat, but my God, is she sexy? It's just yeah. crazy. <laughs> so she's and she really and that. You know, there's that old expression. It's like when they kissed you, you stay kissed. She looks like someone. If she kissed you, you'd stay kissed. You know, right? Like, woof. So yeah, she's she's yeah. I like her. <laughs> so she can be in the James Bond movie. I don't care. There's the one woman who can be in it. Put her in that movie. I'll be happy. Right. <laughs> but nobody else. Like just, yeah. That's it. Just fellas running around doing stupid shit. Stuff. Stuff. Excuse me. Are we allowed to swear on the show? Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> Probably. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Delete that out there. Sorry. We'll be okay. <laughs> We're all right. So. All right. Well, um, we actually have to kind of jump into Skyfall. So, well, do, can I can I plug my my website? That would be the last. You thing can plug I could ask. everything you want. Actually, absolutely. the one question that I wasn't absolutely clear on is uh, the book hitting stores. Oh, it's out there now. You can it's you out can already. Go and okay. get it. Yeah. Can I plug the guy from Skyfall? No, I'm sorry. Never mind. It's just you said anything I wanted. I just, I'm sorry. I got carried away. No, my book. Okay. Here's, <laughs> my mind wandered there. I was going to say uh, it would be great if people could go to deadcelebritycookbook.com or if they could go to uh, Amazon and just uh, get a copy of either the Dead Celebrity Cookbook or Crisps in Tinseltown. Or, or for 20 bucks, I think you can get both. So uh, it would be great if they would. Right. Absolutely. When we when we put this up on the website, we will definitely have lots of links and pictures yeah. and everything. Good. Perfect. So, well, we I, will I make really it I easy. really 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 appreciate your interest. Thank you so much. And uh, when I actually have seen something that's current in the movies, as opposed to it's 3 weeks old or it hasn't come out yet. It's like that's right. the only thing I'm good for. It's one or the other, but not, uh, you know, is it, right. is it are people talking about it now? Well, then I have nothing to say. You know? well, actually, actually, what did you think of Wreck-It Ralph since you mentioned well, that I, you saw that because I, we both loved it. I really enjoyed it, and particularly um, I thought Sarah Silverman's voice acting was terrific. I really liked her. I thought she did a really great thing with that little kid who you who you she was annoying, and yet I really liked her. You know, and right. uh, and I thought that was really fun. And and um, you know, um, John C. Riley doing Wreck It Ralph was great. And and even though the only game I've ever, the only video game I've ever played was Pong. Um, I just. <laughs> And I'm not joking. I, that's the only video game I've ever played. I, I used to play pinball, and then Pong came out, and then I was like, no, I don't need to do this anymore. And then uh, and I still do like pinball, but if it's, as long as it's actually 
a silver ball running old, around, you know, old real school one. pinball. Old yeah. school, yeah. Right. But it's otherwise, I'm just like, I don't want to do this. But um, there's kind of, you know, risky sounding like a total old fart. I was like, oh, it's too late to start video games now. You know, I'm just, I have my iPhone. I'm not a Luddite. I have my iPad, my iPhone, and I love, you know, I use stuff. You know, I know what an app is, but it's, <laughs> but I just was like, okay, I missed all these games. But I did recognize uh, a lot of the characters, so that was, or at least the ones you were yeah, supposed to recognize, right. like Cuber right. and stuff. And, you know, so it's, I knew of them, even if I'd never played any of the games. But, right. uh, but I thought it was good. I, it's, it did really well. You know, yeah, but I've, I've only been seeing animated stuff lately. I saw Frank and Weenie, and which I loved, and no one went to see. Yeah. And uh, and yeah. I saw Hotel Transylvania, which I thought was all right, and everybody went to see. So you know, it's, it's funny. It's uh, uh, yeah. That was know. a confusing week where I thought Frank and Weenie should be getting all the audience, and everyone was just going to Hotel yeah, Transylvania. Everyone was yeah. still going to Hotel. It was almost right. like people had decided that was the avenue of what they wanted, and there was nothing to change them. And it blew my mind because Frank and Weenie was so great. Yeah, it was so, and it's much, much better and more clever and, and really, you know, I, I just didn't think, uh, I mean, Hotel Transylvania was a lot of fun, but just, it was just, there was nothing that I was, you know, there wasn't one bit of business that was so great I was dying to remember, right. or, you know, or or think, boy, is that, you know. I mean, there are lines from The Incredibles from years ago that you're still like, no capes, you know, and it's like, yeah, right. you know, little little throwaways are God, is he fat? You know, there were just moments in that that, that I thought were hilarious that I remembered yeah. from the moment I saw it. I, I only saw it once, but, you know, Edna Mode was stuck in my head immediately. But there was nothing in, in Hotel Transylvania that was like, boy, is that hilarious. You know, I'll right. be right. talking about that a month. When it's over, now. it's yeah. over. When it's, right. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. And it, and no one has mentioned, it's Mad Monster Party, the movie from the 60s all over again. Well, that's you know? true. Right. So. Right. But, Anyway, that's another book for me entirely. There are there's some anime magic stuff, but it's all the Christmas <laughs> stuff in in the new book. So, but well, thanks. I, I'm glad to be on with you guys and and continued success to you and uh, and get your copies of Christmas in Tinseltown. Make an old guy happy. So we, we will, <laughs> will actually. Santa. I mean Santa is my old guy. Anyway, all right. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much thanks. for being on. It was my pleasure. All right. Bye bye. Bye. That was very cool. That that was pretty cool. Yeah. And actually, it's funny because, uh, you know, when I when I I first got like the invitation to uh, see if he wanted to be on the show, I had heard of the cookbook, and it's kind of like you know I don't I don't get satellite radio and stuff, and right. and I don't know a show, but I know him from the Daily Show and everything. And I was like, well, I mean, he'll be on the show. Who cares? Right. I mean, you know, whatever. But yeah, it actually sounds like a really cool book. It does. I mean, he's he's certainly um, he, he's enthusiastic about it. And why wouldn't he be? You know, it would be horrible if he was just on here and yawning his way through right. advertising it. But he right. he certainly makes it sound like a lot of fun. So and he backed us up on Wreck It Ralph. So, right. So we've got that going for us. Right. And I got the sense he was going to back us on Skyfall. So <laughs> no matter what, we no matter what, even so, though he hadn't seen it, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was his plan. I sent some emails back and forth to his people, that's and I cool. said, you know, whatever we say about Skyfall when he's on, that's what you have to go on. Right, <laughs> right. And I think I got the green light on that. Yeah. No, okay. that, was, that was just – that was very cool. Uh, I mean, we love the idea of getting a caller in anyway, and, and that was just a – that was just a really fun way to start the show. And it was awesome, too, because if you've listened to us for a long time, you know that we've gone through some, uh, you know, technical – Changes and right, challenges and reworking how we do stuff and It'd be funny if you we know just whatever getting right? calls all day now and uh, right and at first um, you know the way we had it with trying to take a call from someone we right. were like how cool is it that we can take calls but yeah. then if we took a call we could hardly hear the person right. there would be all feedback and everything yeah. and so it was actually very cool just that, that worked out and now that we have like bored the hell out of everyone who's trying to tune in and find <laughs> out about Skyfall because right. now we're still just babbling right, about right. Well, about the book but anyway it uh it really does sound like a very cool book it and does. if i mean he has he has other books and i think you know we'll assume that people know this but he's written i think several books that are you know just books and he's right. a really good writer and like you said i mean he was he wrote at the New York Times a lot, yeah. and it's bound to have really cool, funny stories right. going along with all this stuff. And if I had any idea, 
going into this that there was going to be stuff happening with the Star Wars holiday special, right. I would have picked the book up already. Right. I mean, no matter what right. was in it. But. Okay, so Skyfall. Now, um, we've already kind of gone through half the show, and we're finally getting to Skyfall. Skyfall. Jeez, now I can't talk. I've been I've been listening too much. Right, yeah. I'm, I'm like in listening mode. I think um, we, we got to just jump into the movie, and I think where I need to start with the movie, and you can be kind of a, a different perspective okay. on the movie. Yeah. But I think where I need to start with the movie is um, just to say that you know I'm really old school. Serious James Bond <laughs> right. fan, right. and I'm going to have problems with the movie that, that may, maybe that. maybe right. nobody else has, nobody no, cares I've about. You know, I've talked to a few people um, after we saw the film, and like we always do, we didn't just see this today or yesterday; we saw it Saturday. Right. We got uh, um, we got kind of pushed around with uh, trying to get Frank yep. on the show, so which is fine. Right. But yeah, it's definitely not an instant reaction review. Right We've now. had a few days to do it, but your reaction after seeing it, when we we have a routine now, we'll see the film, we'll talk about it for a few minutes. Uh, I wonder how the exponential amount of talking is going to decrease when the colder weather, because <laughs> I don't think <laughs> right, I don't exactly. think we're going to sit outside for very long and just shoot the breeze about what we just saw when it's you know twelve below. But right. our routine is to go see it and then just shoot the breeze a little bit, and then we get in our cars and we go do whatever we got to do. But even then, you know, your reaction was, you know, I know you're an old school Bond guy, and this necessarily doesn't fit that, you know, if you're looking through those goggles, you're going to see a lot of things. But this is a strange thing, and this we won't have a lot of time to talk about, like, the plot of the film, which is okay. I think we'll go back and forth about what we thought. I actually, I mean, I can't disagree with how you feel. I mean, I can disagree with that, but I can't tell you that you're not right about how you feel. But when you started talking to me about it, I was like, okay, tell me what really makes a Bond movie for you. I mean, even though I know you're, I, I say it actually respectfully because I understand it, like a Bond purist. Right. And, you know, you were like, well, it's got to have this and this and this and this. And I'm like, okay, I thought it had this, that, there was in these. And you're like, yeah, not really. And and I still get it. But right. but if, if the components are there, they're just not, you know, super focused. I still see why, you know, it wasn't a big thing for you. Yeah, I don't the appreciation. I I just don't think the components. I just don't think the components are actually there, and you know, I mean, there's a whole book to be made about what What makes makes a Bond Bond film, and if you had, you know, you could probably even go, you know, for. I mean, it's such a long series of movies over so much time that you know, if you go back, you could. You could go through like the seventies and part of the eighties and put together you know look at all those movies and go, okay, these are the things that right. we're gonna pull out of all those movies, and then you know you might even go back to like Dr. No and go, yeah, well, we didn't really get so much of all those things in in that movie right. you know, and you know that that is probably true, depending on what exactly you're talking about, but you know for me. You gotta have the gadgets, and right. the the fact that this movie even actually says, "Look, we don't do gadgets right. anymore." That not only didn't work for me, it didn't help me. Right, it put you off a little. Like, <laughs> it didn't know, help like, oh. me not like the fact that right. you know that. I mean, it, it's one thing to not have the gadgets, and it's another thing to like look out at the audience and go, "I know you want there to be gadgets in this Bond right. movie, but that's not what we're gonna do." And I don't know. So that was kind of annoying. And it's even worse because um, I, you know, I can't remember the guy's name right now. I mean, obviously Q, but I mean the guy who plays Q. I love that guy. Yeah, it's Ben Ben Weishaw. Weishaw. Yeah, and he was he's in The Hour, yeah. which I love that show, and he's really good. And he was in something else that we just saw. Yeah. Um, but I love him. I love that actor. And it was just the fact that he was saying it at me. Right. I was, like made me mad. I mean, they have a gadget in a sense because they have – he gets a gun that well, only was, he can fire. Right. This is what I was that's saying. Not a gadget. Well, look, this is what I'm saying. Like he's got a gun that's imprinted to his palm print only, and he's the only one that can fire it. He's got 
a radio transmitter, which I'll grant you, not a big deal. Like he right. actually he and they actually make fun of that later. Like Bond, when it comes into play, like right. holds it up and goes, uh, "This is a radio because transmitter." Because because it's like this cool little uh, jab that we get to stick in about the old the right. old school. Triumphing, and he doesn't have he doesn't have like a he doesn't have like a self-contained one-man underground solar submarine. I'll give you that, but he does have a decked-out car, and this is another thing where I'm like, he has a decked-out car, but it's just the car from the other movie. Doesn't matter. It's it's an Aston Martin, which is James Bond's car, and it has oil slicks, injection seats. It's got machine guns. It's got everything. It's just I think that there's a presentation. I I. I was trying to say this when we saw the film, and you went down another list, not to cut you off, but you were like, they're no, you know, Bond girls, and, and I'm like, right. okay, i got to kind of give you that one, but I have a, I have a great counter-argument against that. Yeah. And you're like, great. Um, and, you know, exotic locations, it's got that. You know, all the things that I think a person would come up with just doesn't have, like, a magnetic nuclear detonator watch band, you know, that can get iTunes, right. whatever. But... Um, you know, with all the things that are in there, I actually think that what your what it sounded to me like that you didn't like was the um, the kind of atmosphere that it presented it. Because I think as a checklist, it has the things that you're looking that a person's looking for as a Bond purist. It's just delivered in a different way. It's not the Roger Moore. It's not the Sean Connery kind of way. It's the new generation version of that with the gadgets, with the Bond girls, with the exotic locations, with the Megalomaniac, you know, the megalomaniacal kind of evil guy who's overseeing everything. It's got all that stuff. Yeah, but not really. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't think it does. I'm not going to be able I to convince I don't think you that, of it. It's just I, that's how I, I, I mean. See that's it. that's just I think that comes down to. It's actually I think pretty cool that we happen to fall on this exact divide. Yeah. Because a lot Finally. of t- a lot of times we don't. Right. You know, we are. It's like, hey, we're two of the guys who are going to be on this side of the film, and right. and found all these things that we like about it. And, you know, it's not that I hated the movie, so... No, you didn't. Ultimately, you know, I don't I don't know what our star ratings would be, and, you know, this is going to be the really fast talk about the show anyway, right. but, but it's not like I rate it really super yeah. low because of that. It just irritates me that it's not a Bond movie. Right. And I just don't like the fact that, um, you know, it's a Bond movie just because you can put Bond on it, and you know it'll make an extra $100 million no matter what it is, right? Yeah. No matter what movie you make. But really, it's like a Jason Bourne movie, like I said this when we came out. Yeah, yeah. It's some kind of movie, like, in that camp of, like, newer, like, yeah. action-y films, like, kind of a Bourne-esque kind of a, kind of a thing. And we're just going to have it be James Bond just because, I don't know, I can say James Bond and make right. $100 million. It's like whatever you would make otherwise, you get the bonus money right. of yeah, of being a Bond that. film. And I don't – I mean, you know, it could just be me, but, you know, growing up watching Bond films forever, yeah. I mean, you know, I used to have the little white car that shot yeah. the little tiny plastic red pellets yeah. up into the air. I remember that. Whatever. I mean, they were just – they they are what they are, and there's a certain thing that's a Bond movie, and just because you go, well, it's been a long time, and now we're going to do it like this whole other way, right? Then, doesn't make it. I then understand. it's it's not a Bond movie. It just doesn't feel like a Bond well, this movie, is, which it doesn't want to feel like a Bond right. movie. It wants to. It doesn't want to feel like a movie and from the seventies. It, it wants right, to it feel like a like movie the 60s from the seventies, and it doesn't even necessarily want to feel like a movie from the eighties. But if it has a mistake in it, and if we get a chance to get to that point, I'll tell you that that's where it makes its mistake. But you know, my my big thing, and then we'll move on to the next thing, which is, you know, you had said to me before, I want to see a Bond movie, not a Bourne movie. Right, and I, and I get that. You know, to some extent, like the films. That are coming out now, like Taken Two, or, or and which is a very funny thing because the opening of Skyfall happens in the same spot. Literally, it looked like right. Taken Two. Right. And when and, I talked to you about it when we, they're riding around on bicycles. We had just seen Taken Two, and it's like if you could look behind the camera yeah, right now, you would see Liam Neeson <laughs> shooting some other guy right. and Maggie Grace running. Um, it was really weird. I was I was like, man, I deja. Vu, I don't know, but. But, you know, in four Jason Bourne films, there was never a gun that was imprinted that they could shoot with their hand. There was never well, all so the now stuff. it's a Bond movie. Well, no, actually, yeah. And I think, like what you just said, it just doesn't have the atmosphere that you're used to having for a Bond film. So it doesn't feel like a Bond film to you. For me, I watched all the Bond films growing up. I loved them. I thought they were awesome. 
it it feels like you know James Bond. This is his fiftieth birthday, you know, the anniversary for him, and it feels like he's still relevant and still James Bond, but he's not fighting Blowfield anymore, and that's good because I don't want to see him that, go that's after. Actually, that's actually the the new rumor of the next movie. I know is that they're going to bring, bring back, back Blowfield. a Blowfield, and that's okay, Blowfield, and that's okay, except. I, I much more prefer my villains, though it was fun to have them in the beginning, you know, have their super secret underground lair, or they're really in an asteroid floating around the planet. That's awesome. But I'm past that, and I don't want to keep seeing another, you know, maniac who's going to try to take over the world or blow it up unless James Bond can stop him in his super sub-secret, you know, space car. Right. I don't want to keep seeing that over and over again. I don't know that necessarily that means I just want to see Bourne well, films I because do. I don't. Well, guess what? There are 22 <laughs> other movies out there for you to put in anytime you want. Although, my, my theory is that I, the things I that you're saying don't exist. They are here. But like you said a minute ago, it's just not the atmosphere you're used to. And I think that's the big thing. Right. I I think that there's uh, – I think you actually could go either way. I think there are plenty of people out there who will go – yeah, it's not really, but it kind of is. And I, I mean, it's not like I don't know that everybody is going to be absolutely like polar opposite like we seem no, to be. You know, I think yeah. people are going to go, well, you know, the old Bond movies, but, you right. know, whatever. I don't know. I mean, it, it certainly did well enough over the weekend. It really did. Yeah. But I I think the thing is, to me, there was a lot of stuff in this movie which I thought was like, you know, goofy nods to stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like he he gets a martini shaken. He doesn't right. say the line, but he gets it, and then he says that it's perfect or whatever, and it's right. like, aha, see, the martini, right? Right. And I feel like the gun was just like another goofy nod. It's like we have to have a gadget, fine. Here's your gadget. Right. And it's just, you know, it doesn't it doesn't actually serve any purpose except that somebody can get eaten by some bizarro CG Komodo dragon, which I thought right. was totally stupid too, but that was so that, that was so old Bond though. That it was very whether it was if, an alligator was or a shark. Old Bond, that was huge that, old Bond, except that it it like didn't fit. I thought that's it was my like point. The, that's right. The place they were, but that they didn't do it in a way they didn't that do it right. It, that it would <laughs> fit, you know, because you can't go okay. This is how we're doing the movie, yeah, and then go. You know, and then like pull some scene directly from the seventies and right. go, but we're just going to stick this one scene in. Then it doesn't. Then it doesn't right. work. That is kind of pretty old Bond. But I it's think that totally that was Bond. just another thing that was just like kind of a goofy nod mm-hmm. to things where where they were just going, well, I guess we have to do this. Fine, here yeah. it is. You know, and I, I just I just didn't like that. And yeah. and I the other thing, you know, you were talking about like what. Uh, you know, bad guys we don't want to have, which I don't think we're at a place anymore. I mean, obviously because it's like post Austin powers, right? Where you can have like the the goofball taking over the world nuttiness. You have to have some kind of like now you don't have to be like a psychopath, crazy thing or whatever, but you have to have some kind of now version of whatever you're going to take over or whatever destruction you're going to cause or something like that. And, there's ways to do that, I think, in new Bond movies without it being, you know, cheesy like it was in the 70s or something anyway. Yeah. But this villain, I hated. And I, I liked the guy. You liked Javier Bardem. Yeah. And okay. and actually, I mean, I, I kind of liked the the character to, so, a, uh, to a certain extent. But eventually, I just don't like – I just don't like bad guys who are lunatics. Right. That yeah, just doesn't that just doesn't do it for me. I mean, once we get to the end of the end of the movie and you know, we're not going to spoil it or anything. Right. But once we get to the very end of where he's going with this game, mm-hmm. it's like No, no. You really <sighs> dialed I knew you really dialed out at that point. And you know, and to be fair, even like by the time you got to the Komodo dragon scene, you were already dialed out to some extent because you had already had Q say what you thought we were going to give you, like an explosion right, pen. Right. Like you, they had constantly kind of with their attempts at homage, which I felt were genuine, not just like we don't have a good idea. Let's throw a Komodo dragon pit. You yeah, know, I don't know. I think I they know really, that. I think they really were trying to just like give people a little bit. Because part of part of the movie, in a I, way, I think to it's me, worse if you want to say the Komodo dragon thing was like some smart, deliberate. No, I think it was. I think it was just. A, I think it was homage. I think it was honestly just to pay respects to certain parts of 
the old. And I think, like what I told you when we saw the film, um, that there are a lot of themes going on with this specific film, this specific Bond film that the others didn't have. Right. This is a gateway movie for the, the franchise. Now, that comes on top of probably quite purposefully being the 50th anniversary of Bond. This is really kind of a tricky movie to call a gateway movie, though. Well, I think that so much of it, and I say this because they, the other two... They may have to practically like reboot to a certain extent after this, because you can only... Because obviously, like, there are themes, and we gotta, like, you, you know, we have to just, like, talk a million miles an hour now, because... Either we go over gonna, 25 gonna, minutes, or, or we, we really might, have to try Or we down. might go over a little bit, but... Like you were saying, there are various themes, and you know everybody on the internet now is already saying, right. you know, uh, James Bond is just the UK's Batman because he has to go yeah, back and yeah. revisit his past and his childhood and his fears and all this right. stuff, and and there is this whole, you know, thing about him going back home, and and there's this whole overarching thing with the movie about just age and the mm-hmm. old and the new. Yep. And, you know, does the old really have a place? And, I mean, they do it, like, eight different ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like Bond is old, and there's, you know, the new replacement of Bond. Right. There's M has to go to a hearing to talk about, should we just get rid of the Bonds? Yeah. And and Bond starts out hurt mm-hmm. and, and has to come back from that. And, you know, you can't you just can't do that, like, when you were young, you know. And, right. And, Takes time. And, and just over over and over and over, it's like the the old, you know, versus the new. And then that's where you even get like the radio come in because it's like, it's so old that it's like, who would have that? Absolutely. Yeah. So we don't even have to protect against that. Who uses that stuff anymore? You got a pager? Great. So it's like, exactly. Right. So it's like, we're so new that it's like the old things can get past us again or whatever. You know, it's like now you can, you you know, you can go up and pick the lock now again. Right. If you you could, because you know, we've moved past protecting against that. But, and there, and there is, although I kind of didn't like that either. And, yeah, see, and that, okay. ha- that has its own thing too. And it depends on, you know, how you like look at these movies, but just going with the idea that, look, Bond is really old now. I mean, that's gone wrong in itself, but, but what do you do with like the next movies? I mean, so he, he's either got to get even older mm-hmm. And then at some point you're going to go, well, wait a minute. I mean, right. because what's he going to do? I mean, right. and and if you're having Daniel Craig and he is – he's like however old he is for one thing, but then he's also however old he's supposed to be as James Bond. Right. Then when it's like you know four years later when the next Bond movie comes out or mm-hmm. three years later or whatever, then he's even older – We've already like thoroughly emphasized the fact that he's old and said it like a hundred times, yeah. right? And then, and then, what about the movie after that? And then, I mean, well, pretty again, soon you we're going to have to reboot. These are well, and they're going to anyway. This is the franchise <clears throat> that that pretty much put that on the map. You know, there was, and some of it is contractual. You know, you get Connery who just doesn't want to do more; he's bigger right. than he wants to be, and then you bring somebody else in. Then you have somebody who's like Timothy Dalton who just wasn't – no one was coming to see those films, and he's gone. But, but it's not really like we rebooted. Like we got to a place in the movies where we were going, now we're kind of starting over in some sense. It's, well, the stories just go along, and it's just, well, now there's a new guy. But, right. But it's just you know like a an actor takes over a – Something right. on like a TV series or something. It's yeah. not like we start the TV series over. But now if the actual plots are going to talk about how old he is, then eventually we're going to have to talk about how he's not old now. Well, and we're starting right. over. And right? there's, there's certain things, and I think you're right to bring it up, but I think the movie addressed it, and I think they fixed it. Because by the end of the film, which again, we're not giving away, even by the end before the real end, Bond is back. You know, he's not you, – you get the sense in the trailer that they're talking about old. Right. He gets wounded. He's he's His aim is a little off. You know, he's not right, the same right. Bond. But that changes, and he becomes Bond again because right. Bond is like any character in any serialized fictional story, whether it's a novel or a comic book. Like Peter Parker has been a teenager or an early 20s guy for 60 years. He's right. not getting any older because his stories, they take – they take place basically in the same next week, the next right, month. Right. You know, he's basically in that age. And Bond is, though they comment on some of his agility and his ability, he comes back to being Bond. So he's a character that is reliable in his stasis, even though they hint that 
because we're all getting older. They right. have to he, recognize he does, it a little bit. He does come back, but I don't know if he comes and, back and when in Bond, a sense that he can you know, go on to right. many more movies before they, they got to do something. Daniel Craig will do a couple more, and then they'll get another guy to do it. And he'll be a younger, you know, 35, 40-year-old guy, you know, and he'll be doing the Bond films in the next decade. Right. You know, and it'll be that thing. I'm not that worried about that. I, It's interesting that they brought it up, and I think it was probably one of these things that people are like, well, he's been doing this for 50 years. Again, this is why I say this is a gateway film. It's his 50th anniversary, and people are saying, well, look, if he's 50 years, why isn't he slowing down a little? Or why isn't he getting a little gray? And there is a point when Daniel Craig, when he's kind of on vacation, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, he shows gray in his beard. Right. You know, but when he's on the clock, when he is back to being the double O that he is, he's clean shaven, he's sleek, he's smooth, he's a he's a machine. Right. You know, and that age eventually is, that age is literally and figuratively as well as, you know, kind of thematically stripped away. And that's an important thing that, that the film certainly does serve in a lot of ways as a gateway for taking all these things that were, you know, the old bond, putting them in the new situation, having them addressed sometimes playfully, sometimes not so playfully. And then you're moving on and you're taking that as what I what I would describe as a big gateway to to this movie. Yeah, I that's how I see it. I mean, literally, like the age thing is an easy thing for me. Because I saw it, you know, I saw it on his five o'clock shadow. Right. And then there's a scene specifically there, a scene specifically designed to shave him. And when he gets shaved with this other agent named Eve that he's got, he's literally turning the clock back. He's a young man again. There is no gray in his appearance. Right. And I think that's meant on a purpose. And, yeah. Uh, and well, okay. I'm not sure if that's how it's going to work out for him in making the other movies. I just think, you know, the, I I don't think that they can go to the next movie and go, ah, we're not going to worry at all about whether or not he's old. Well, you know age is never I mean, age is never a villain for James Bond. It's never. It's always economical. It's you know maniacal. But in is. this one, it is. In this one, it is. I mean, in this one, and, it was a component in, in a couple of different ways yeah. too, because yeah. Um, First of all, just from the outset where he's got a heel yeah. and he apparently drinks a whole lot because, right. you know, I don't know, he's older. He wasn't he wasn't working for right. a long time. So, he, he basically took that so he just, as, yeah, as right. like a vacation. He was right. like, I'm, I'm retired and, now. And it was, uh, it was like if this certain thing hadn't happened, mm -hmm. you know, he'd probably just been there he forever. He would have still been there, right. Yeah. It doesn't give which, anything which away. Which I thought MI, was kind of interesting. No, MI6, that happens right at the MI6 beginning. in the beginning and in the trailer. MI6 is mm -hmm. under attack, and James Bond, you know, you see him fall off a train in the trailer, you know? Right. James Bond gets injured, and then he comes back because everything and, is in danger. And, you know, now, like, getting away from kind of the Bond filminess, I, you know, for me, and obviously I, I have, like, a skewed view to a lot of things that happened, right? Right. But not right at the beginning. Right. No, that and, stuff has to come later. You're right. And the beginning, that thing was stupid when he gets shot off the train. That was just we talked. That about was this, irritating you know? yeah. to like kick off right like that because mm -hmm. you know I hate the like nitpicky complaints of certain things, but right. but surely at least that other guy would be dead too. But again, but you're, it you're, doesn't work for the story. So this is what we're going to no, try that's, to do. That's we could have we could have worked that out somehow <laughs> a little better so that it didn't just seem like. You know, like she just froze, right? And, and just and just went. And, you know, like right. she was on you know training day or something, like right. uh, like <laughs> yeah. out in the field apprenticing with Bond or something. But the opening, I thought, apart from that, the opening was pretty cool, mm -hmm. and it was maybe not like the best ever. Like that's every time a Bond movie comes out, people start going, "Is that the best Bond opening right. ever?" Because it's now it's. I a wonder thing. what the best ever is. Actually, I have to think back on that. But it was pretty good. Okay. Except for that horrible part. I mean, the motorcycles yeah. on the roofs and That's the awesome. whole you know thing. It was yeah. it was very cool, but the musical intro, yeah, was uh, we awesome. That was one of that and, is and I don't even I, you know I don't want to uh, get through the whole movie without mentioning it because yeah. that for sure was like a throwback to like the way we used to do it. Yeah, when, that was when awesome. that really got done. And the last two movies Didn't did not it. really make a good effort. Of doing that, they kind of like winked at it and then went, okay, well, we're sort of doing it, and then they moved on. And this one, yeah. like, 
Well, you were right. Was cool. we, we didn't even talk about it until we were out, and then we both kind of like, and what about that opening? Right. Like, the visuals, like the crazy underwater multiple, yeah. you know, duplicitous kind of things that they always do, that was amazing. But the song was amazing. The song was perfect. That song it's is great. Funny, it fits, actually, because it fits everything. It was really, really great. I kind of like that song, and obviously the song's been out for a while. Everybody's heard the song before they saw the movie anyway, yeah. whatever. And I'd heard the song several times, and I'm like, that's an okay song. Fine. Right. I mean, I'm not like the huge. Sometimes you have I, to I'm, see I'm a not video her hugest fan yeah, or anything, either, but, but I'm like, I'm like that's an bad. okay song, yeah. and it has a kind of a James Bondy like sound to yeah. it. Yeah. But when you hear it, when you with see the it, thing, it's amazing. It's yeah. it's really cool. Sometimes songs for me, growing up in the MTV world, you know, when they played videos, <laughs> sometimes songs for me don't exist outside of a video. You know, sometimes really the video is the only reason to love or to endear a song. Right. And this. The song I'd heard before too, like what you just said. I'm basically agreeing with it. And, and, and I and I love and I love her voice yeah. in general, but you know the song did not like blow me away all by itself. Right. But man, man put them that together. Thing was, that thing was so cool. I actually, this is the testament to it. Last night I was thinking about it because I was thinking about the show, and I actually did something I don't often do, but because I don't think it's on there, I went on YouTube to see if somebody had it because I wanted to see. Oh it again, right, right. And I couldn't find it. No. It was it was that good. Those I wanted Sony to see bastards. that again. No, bastards. You'd think there would be like a little clip or something just that they something. would even release yeah. just to have like a little part of it. Well, All right, um, we're, we you know. we're getting pretty close on time, yeah. and and we should probably wrap up. I do want to say though that like, I mean, removing the Bond elements from it, and and my dislike of the loss of a Bond movie, basically. Mm-hmm. I still kind of had like a lot of problems with the movie. I still liked a lot of it too. Yeah. And it was, but it was very like, you know, fits and starts for me. Like I would go a while and I would be loving what was going on. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it would be like, you know, he, he explodes the thing and the train comes down and crashes through the thing. And I'm like, what happened? You know, that was like when a lot of that stuff happened, I almost felt like, you know, they were so focused on him as the bad guy character, but then they wanted all this other stuff to happen. Right. And and I started thinking as I'm watching the movie, like, you know what they really want here is like odd job or right. like Jaws or yeah. something. They're like they're begging for like a henchman. Right. And they refuse to have one. Right. So instead of that, I mean that thing when the subway train came down and there crashed are, through i was like yeah Come there were on. there were a lot of problems with that kind of storytelling and with this kind of movie where you have an effect that you want and you write the scene around it right they wanted that effect they wanted a subway right. train to come into this hole and to separate the two of them. Now, how do we get it? Right. You know, and so they, I think they, they had like sticky notes and they're like, okay, we can draw this right. here and you know, and it doesn't make for the best narrative. It really doesn't. I agree. There are, there are problems with the film, but and there's no defense for it. It's just this is just kind of like a you know this is just kind of like a James Bond film. So, did you hear like a weird noise? I heard like Are a we haunted or something. Oh. All right. Anyway, um, so yeah, like we said, we're running out of time, and you know, probably we don't need to go over. No, I mean, there's I a guess. ton of stuff to talk about. There, it, there is. You could. It go, would you take could another go for hour another hour. It really would. Right. So, well, we'll do like a, I'm a minute version of it. I, then. I think that uh, I'm pretty much like it. Three, maybe three and a half. Yeah, but I, I feel like three, like just above, just above halfway. I think like yeah. three stars is is about that's about as good as all I feel like I yeah. can give it. It's just if I could divorce myself from my Bond feelings, right, and still like, and then you know not have any problems with the movie. Yeah, then I I could go higher maybe. Right. But I still feel like there were a, a bunch of things that yeah. were weird, but. Even though I only give it three stars, you know it's a lot of fun, right? And oh, no, and it makes sense. This is this is a film, but it is a Bond film, and that means it's it's put up against the other films. It's you know it's reviewed in that in that view. Right. I think so. It is certainly a lot better, in my opinion, than the last two. I, I did not care for the last two. You didn't like much at all. Well, I, there there are there are positives and minus here. It's one of the best looking Bond films. You know, aesthetically, there's so much right. great stuff. I think the and not that we we always said we wouldn't talk about cinematography, but man, and there are a lot of cons. And unfortunately, some of the cons it would have been fun to have talked longer about. But my big thing about this film is that it succeeds in a lot of ways with the motif of old versus new, young versus old, and old Bond versus new Bond. I think if the movie makes a mistake 
it is not in the casting of Javier Bardem because the guy is awesome. And he is great to watch. He's just playing an old Bond villain in a new Bond movie. And it doesn't work. And when the movie doesn't it's when the polarity happens, when they're trying to do something old, like the Komodo Dragon Pit, right. with the new, which is what they're trying to progress towards, and it just doesn't make it seamless. And as great as Bardem is in a lot of his scenes, he's he's an old villain for a new Bond, and it's it's time to put those guys behind him. Right. And there's a lot of other stuff to say about it, but we're going to run out of time. Right. It, my, it, my, it gets a little caricature-y at, there's, at times. There's some but stuff. But there are I, other times that he's... Pretty he's solid, amazing, and and good. There's a whole, works. there's a whole lot of scenes with them that work great. I would give this 85 out of 100. So that's your favorite. That's four and a quarter stars. You know, I it's a little more than four and a, it's a little more than four, but it's not quite four and a half. So that's fair enough. That, that's where I'm at, and I think it's a lot of fun. I think people should go see it. Nail. Right. I um, I actually do too. Yeah. So um, we're gonna run out of time. So yeah. uh, thanks a lot for listening. Uh, thanks so much for Frank DeCaro yep. uh, coming on and joining us. And we will see you next week. Bye. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.